live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. What is up? Welcome on in. You are listening to Wildcard Sports live on Clear Lake Today Radio. I am your host as always, Will. Uh, flying solo for a little bit for the most part here early on. Again, still don't have Chuck Steven out there, but hey, a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by the suburban menace himself, Evan Wilkinson, going to join the show again. Looking forward to that. We're going to dive into some of the details regarding the Astros, really the attack on the Astros that a lot of a lot of these MLB players are, are making on them, which is somewhat surprising, maybe not necessarily. Got a theory on why that is. Uh, a little bit later on, though, we'll talk about the Rockets. First game back since the All-Star break. Uh, had a really impressive showing, but they've had a couple new additions to the team. Uh, really looking to make that postseason run. Um, hopefully, small ball will work for them, so we'll talk a little bit about that. As well, new favorite emerging for the Tom Brady sweepstakes. A um, little surprising there. I'm still doubtful of where we're going to go, but we're going to get uh, Evan's thoughts on that. Uh, as well, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Might be the biggest boxing matchup we've seen in quite some time, at least from a pure boxing matchup not talking all the gimmicky stuff conor mcgregor uh, versus floyd mayweather uh, but this is going to be a fun fight i think everybody's going to be really wanting to tune into this and if you're not if you haven't heard about it definitely want to tune into that so we'll talk a little bit about that but i'll start off here we talked about it last week with the astros uh you know of course the lack of apologies have really kind of ravaged the mlb at this point players really starting to turn on the astros you know, and it wasn't surprising at first. It really wasn't for me when I saw this at the beginning. You saw the likes of the Dodgers, the Yankees, teams that think that they have been robbed by the Astros. So I, I truly am hoping that this is the last time that we have to talk about the Astros cheating scandal. But at the same time, these other MLB players have forced this into a topic of discussion. Guys like Nick Markakis, Nick Markakis uh, uh, Noah Syndergaard, other guys that had nothing to do with this are coming in and of course attacking the Astros which is slightly surprising for a team for players who are involved in a players union at this point to be so united in attacking the Astros and while right now this is probably pretty good for baseball I mean the fact is we're talking about baseball as the top headline and we're not even into spring training yet so while right now this is probably a good thing for baseball to be in the headlines I'm just questioning what the long-term ramifications are of this I'm, is it possible that this has been a calculated attack on Rob Manfred to gain leverage for the new CBA in 2021? Think about it. We are about a year out from the new collective bargaining agreement. We've had about, what, 30 years of peace where there's been no strike. And before that, I mean, I'm not sure there was ever a strike in baseball at that point. There are a lot of hot topics coming up on this in this new collective bargaining agreement. Things like, of course, player service time before they're eligible for a new contract, minimum contracts, uh, as well as arbitration. The guys becoming eligible for arbitration in their second year. And while all that stuff is pretty boring, I think it's possible that we are seeing a, uh, a collected attack on the commissioner and really baseball itself to gain that leverage going into the 2021 season. Right now, if you're Rob Manfred, you're sitting there and you're trying to move on from this as pa- quickly as possible. And by this, I'm talking about the Astros cheating scandal. You saw them already make an attempt to go ahead and switch over the new playoff structure. Try and divert these headlines, but nothing's working at this point. So, you know, for a players association to go out there and turn on each other the way that they have, it just something smells fishy to me on this. Now, the other question that I have about this is what happens 
if the, if there are more teams that come out that have been cheating, maybe not to the level of the Astros, but in some sense, what happens at that point? Is the MLB Players Association at that point just going to completely turn on each other? That's a lot of questions that I think I'm going to have here in the next few months because, I again, this is starting to turn into one of those things that it could get out of hand very quickly. If you're Rob Manfred at this point and everything is completely getting past you at this point, is it is he going to try and protect the integrity of the game? Or is he going to possibly justify trying to disjoint the MLB PA at this point before the next collective bargaining agreement? That being said, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Evan Wilkinson, the Suburban Menace. Evan, as always, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Will, and uh, thanks work for letting me off. Made sure I'd give them a plug today, so uh, I really appreciate them. And uh, yeah, ready to talk some more. Uh, hopefully, not too much more Stros. I think everyone's I sick know, about man. hearing this stuff, but uh, you know, a lot of a lot of upside stuff going on in Houston right now. I got some Rockets talk and everything else, right? So yeah, well, I mean, I, I like I said, yeah, I'm hoping this is the last time we talk about the cheating scandal, but I. Don't think that that's going to be the case, but hey, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the on-field action with the Astros here. It's not going to be strictly cheating talk at this point. Spring training starts tomorrow, but that's being said, uh, you heard my opening rant as far as the ML Players Association, the new CBA coming up. Am I crazy here? Am I crazy to think that there's something about this? I just, I can't get past the fact that an Players Association are so willing to turn on each other in the in the manner that they have, and it's one thing when it's guys like Cody Bellinger, uh, Aaron Judge, guys that were directly affected by this, or at least think that they were directly affected by this. But you got guys in the National League that never faced the Astros during this time, and Nick Markakis, uh, uh, Noah Syndergaard. Am I crazy to think that there's something larger at bay here? I, I don't know. I think uh, we've seen a lot in the media over the last couple of days really dissing on the MLB commissioner and a lot of what's happened in the culture of the MLB. But I really I tie it back to what you've said earlier about like all the teams were like there's been corruption in major sports exactly. for decades and decades and decades. Exactly. And I think I mean maybe the players are using this just an excuse because they're losers and they can't make it to the <laughs> make it to the World Series. But I. It, it is crazy how many complaints have happened from teams that we've played like once or twice last mm-hmm. year. Like how many pitchers have come out and been like, oh, I'm going to beam an Astro player this year. I don't yeah, know. Nick Markakis coming out, a guy that I'm not sure they've even played during this time frame, yeah. coming out there and saying every single player needs a beating yeah, on the team. It's like, like, what are you, yeah. What is, what is, is this coming about, from? Dude? Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Maybe it's like, Maybe it's like the cool new thing, you know, like everyone hates on Trump and it used to be like the brave, like, you know, ah, screw those guys. But now it's just like the popular kid in the room thing to do. But no, I I mean, at the same time, I do understand the frustration of like the Yankees players and everybody else who does feel like they were cheated out of wins and perhaps a championship. Um, They're all just apex level competitors, dude. And if someone's taken away that win from you, they're going to be frustrated. And obviously you're, you're hearing the voices of every player in the MLB right now. So um, also thought it was interesting they put an over-under on the, uh, what was the players to get hit by pitch yeah, 80, number? What, 83 and a half? What's that, like, like one every other Dude, game? I don't know, but I would hammer the over. I think I, really? looked up, I looked up a stat, and they said, like, the A's got hit by 87 pitches last year, which seems very high to me. But if there are teams already getting over that mark, and you see this just unanimous animosity toward the Astros, yeah. I have a feeling that one's flying over. So we'll see, man. I'm... Uh, I just hope nothing boils over into the regular season. Hopefully, like I said last week, I think we come out hot. A lot of this talk goes away. So Yeah, I mean, I'm not well-versed in what the Astros' uh, hit-by-pitches were last year, but if, if we're basing this solely on how on guys coming out there and having a vendetta against the Astros, I don't think it's going to last very long if that happens. You might see a couple guys at the beginning of the game. But you know what? If they want to do that, you know, go ahead and do it. Uh, we're an analytical we'll, team. We'll Get take us on walks. base. Yeah, we'll, we'll, take, uh, we'll take that on base Give percentage. Give it to us. Yep. I love it. 
Uh, but yeah, going back to it, I mean, uh, the animosity is just not something that I completely understand. You know, like I said, just guys on other on the other side of the of the league are making these comments, which just it makes me think that there's something fishy here. But that being said, I mean, what to you? What are the ramifications though if something comes out? I mean, uh, it, side note, and I'm not going to put too much stock in this, but Joe Girardi, the manager of the Yankees back in 2017, there was a video that was released this past week, which again I don't know if it's from this last year or the year before that. Obviously, while he was not in baseball, is when it came out, but he basically highlighted a system of ways that they were relaying relaying pitches to the batter so again this is not something new this cheating scandal is not something new so if something comes out and let's say that you know 25 percent 50 percent of the league is involved in something like this and you've got all these players coming out there what are the ramifications i mean the mlbpa at this point has just got to go up in flames i i mean what like they're, they're already the sanctions on the astros obviously weren't as strict as everyone wanted and once again i think the reason for that is this gamesmanship has been involved in the sport for forever and that's what it is i mean if you take away the trash cans and you're like oh the astros were looking at play calls or like you know trying to get a hint off the pitcher everyone does it in every sport like everyone wants to know the play they're calling everyone wants to know what's going on in the other guy's head mm -hmm. we just did it in this very egregious like brash fashion that everyone sees yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's i think that's why this is so polarizing and i mean you go back to the players who's the guy who said he's every astros player deserves a beating nick markakis who is that exactly yeah, they, they have that's, played once him. again that's what i'm well, that, once again that's what i'm saying like these players are using this for a platform to get publicity Very or possibly. whatever else I, I don't think it's as big a conspiracy as you think but i do subscribe to the idea that baseball wants to stuff this story down because of the amount of corruption that's in the sport yeah I, and i don't even know if i want to call it corruption it's gamesmanship anyone's who ever played a game anywhere like you you your desire as a defensive mind or an offensive mind is to know what play is coming mm -hmm. Or to you know get some sort of tell or hint on what the other pitcher is doing, and that's what the you take away the trash cans, and this isn't a big deal, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, but. and I, I won't argue with that. I mean, at least maybe to the level. I mean, yeah, you said it last week. You talked about how audacious and how almost arrogant yeah. it was for them to go and then out the there apologies and do were just as bad yeah. i mean dude i like i wanted to punch bregman in the face when he was doing his hand things so. <laughs> no you know what bregman can do no wrong by me but yeah, if that being said uh, it's just the way that these guys are coming out there and, and like i said at, at the beginning you know i'm thinking mlb wants to sweep this under the rug and i think rob manfred himself probably wants to at this point just because of the way that he's being thrown under the bus but at the same time, I mean, this is kind of good for baseball at this point. I mean, they're in the headlines, what, two weeks, two, three weeks before spring training even starts. They're the number one headline. Yep. And then on top of that, you think about it, what is good for sports? Having villains. That is what draws viewership in. And we talked about this. The Astros, I think, have three nationally televised games within the first week or two. Yep. So the MLB has got a new villain. They've got a new villain. This is going to help, uh, help uh, you know, uh, viewership. I'm sure the Astros are going to sell a lot of tickets, especially when they go to New York and when they go to Los Angeles, not the Dodgers, but going to the Angels Stadium. But at the same time, I just question what's going to happen. What is going to be the motivation for Rob Manfred here in the next little bit? Because right now, he swept this under the rug. We talked about it last week. He talked to Jeff Passan. He said there's not going to be any other investigations for other teams. But here before too long, they're going to push Rob Manfred against a wall. And if he goes out there and he sets the league on fire and sets a bunch of these teams, you know, straight as far as what they are doing in these in regards to the cheating allegations. I mean, we're talking about a very disjointed MLBPA right on the heels of a new collective bargaining agreement, which is going to be very interesting to see unprecedented uh, and well in my opinion once again i think like it's it's the whole like people love a villain people love something to talk yeah. about it's like 
it's the whole thing with like news media. I'm take it back to Trump because I think this is a perfect relation. Like whenever he got elected, think about how everyone loved to hate him and how much money all these news organizations, like the the anti-Trump, like uh like figurines and like memorabilia and everything else like billions and billions of dollars were created because of this man and like his polarizing like it wasn't good but it was still generation of things mm -hmm. right so i think it's going to be the same way like you said astros already have three slots in the first week like think about how much money mlb's made with these off-season talks think about how every time you turn on tv or every time you turn on radio they're talking about the houston mm -hmm. astros uh, the commissioner, like I think, I think MLB baseball executives love this. I think they love the attention of the sport. I think they love. They know that people are going to tune in to watch a villain. They knew that people are going to tune in to like see people getting hit by baseballs. Like it, it all ties into the idea that people want something. They're they're going to watch because they want something to root against, mm -hmm. just as much as they want something to root for. And now they've got something to root against. So I think I don't think anything's going to happen to Manfred. I think I think he's going to get passes on everything. I think the MLB mm -hmm. investigation is going to stop. And I think that life's going to roll on and MLB viewership is going to be higher than it has been in the last five years for the first month of the season. Now, I'll agree with you on the last part. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go as far to agree with you on anything else, but I do agree that viewership is going to be, it's going to be exponentially higher, especially for the Astros, man. I mean, if yeah. we're, we're talking about a sport that, you know, there's no shared revenues when it comes to these TV deals and things like that. No. So, you know what, if they, if people want to throw money our way, come to our, come to our games, watch our games, then Hey, by all means go for it. You know, it's going to help us in the long run. I mean, we talked about it already, the, the sanctions against the Astros right now are, are not necessarily going to hurt them yeah, that much. Yeah, no, at all. I yeah. mean, they, they, they're losing a couple first-round picks, but, I mean, the international and, pool, they're going to— And why do you think that is? I mean, this is the best thing that could happen to the MLB in the offseason. Like, yeah. It really yeah. is. Like, you have you have this gap of sports over the summer or over the spring where, you know, there's not a lot going on with football ending, basketball, all-star break, mm -hmm. and— ESPN is eating this up. Yeah, like they they love talking about it. Yeah, and that and that might be another contributor as to why this is always in the headlines because of course you know these players continue to give uh, the media topics to go ahead and talk about this. But you know, I, hopefully, like I said, I'm I'm hoping we can turn the attention to the on field action. But you know, this is something that's going to be recurring throughout the year. But it's going to be it's going to get interesting here in the next little bit i mean we're we're a day away from spring training the at game this point. today actually tigers rules oh plays today two, oh yeah, two yeah. Hey, so, MLB, yeah. MLB, mlb starts today boys yeah. Yeah. and tomorrow of course the astros i think it, tomorrow it's going to be a rematch of the world series since they share the facility yep. with the nationals nationals astros is going to be another good now do all the players really start off right out of the no, gate I, i'm not no, really a spring no. training watching guy no but. no no the the it's going to be very limited action usually in the first couple games you might see you know a correa or a springer or an altuve Taking that batter too. Uh, yeah sprinkled in there occasionally but for the most part th this is an audition for guys that are trying to make the make yeah, the roster like nfl preseason exactly right so i mean okay. you know you're gonna see guys sprinkled in there they're gonna get work towards the end you'll start seeing how many them. spring training games we play uh there's about a month so probably about 30 okay holy moly I don't know you watch exactly. them all no no of course I do. Well, you watch all 162 of the other ones usually, right? Or try to. Uh, one, yeah, one, sure. I, I, I feel plus. like if I have a sports show, I have to say yes. I watch one all, Dude, all I, 162. I I'll, say, I'll say this. I watch at least a piece of every single 162. Yeah. But I mean, it's hard for four hours. Yeah, to we sit get down. in the dog days here. You know, I got other yeah. things to do sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. But let, yeah, let's go ahead and turn it to the on-field action now. Before we start getting into the details of the Astros, one little one little way I want to bridge. Uh, you know, from the cheating scandal to this on-field action. The, the biggest off-season question outside of the cheating scandal for the Astros is the one upcoming contract that they have. So George Springer is heading into his final year. Uh, they settled on a, on a term for his contract, but next year he is going to be a free agent at this point. Now, I've been a guy the entire time that said George Springer is going to hit free agency at 31 years old. 
You typically look at the dip in production when you get to that age, especially for outfielders. So I have not necessarily been a fan of getting George Springer a new contract. At that, but at this point, the only thing that I'm going to say is they've got a new front office at this point, an unproven front office for a lot of a lot of Astros fans at this point. So would it possibly behoove the Astros to go ahead and give Springer a new contract? Maybe send that sign of good faith to the players out there that are wondering maybe whether or not they want to stick with the Astros at this point. I don't. I don't think anyone's looking to leave. Like it's pretty obvious to me that the players themselves aren't upset with the organization. Like I mean, everyone's kind of come out and said this was a player driven ideology of you know the cheating and banging on the trash can so I don't think anyone's looking to run away and everyone in the MLB is playing the same analytical game we're trying to get adapted to so I mean dude you gotta if you're really gonna do this thing and look at the numbers and build a team around looking at the numbers I think you gotta like it it hurts but you gotta let him walk you know like if he's gonna if he's really gonna garner the the dollar amount you think he is and I'm guessing he will if he keeps up his production um, you gotta, I, you've just got too many other things to address in my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't know where we sit with the bullpen. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be, you know, in that fourth pitching line spot. Uh, do you trust, I mean, anyone outside of Erlander also, as far as starting pitchers go for us this year? I mean, we just have a lot of other issues to address. And I think as far as starting lineups go hitting, like we're, we're pretty solid. There's yeah, probably I mean, a couple the, the lineup, the lineup there, is so. going to still be murderers row at this point. I mean, yeah. I'm not concerned about that. You are right about the pitching staff, but yeah, I mean, I, there, there's a lot of questions on the Astros, which we're going to get to here in a minute. And I mean, obviously, yeah, at this point, the Astros are done spending. So, I mean, obviously, we're talking if we're talking about the future as far as giving a new contract to Springer, we're talking about money cutting into the future. And I mean, if we're looking at Springer right now, I mean, the only guy that I can really draw any type of comparison to for a contract, Justin Upton for the Angels, uh, about the same age, if I'm not mistaken, got the new contract. So we're probably looking at about a five-year, $110, $120 million contract for Springer, so north of $20 million a yeah. year. So, yeah, that's a lot of change to, to commit to a guy. But I'm just wondering if the Astros need some type of sign of good faith to the to their fans at this point. I know me personally as a fan, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm more of an Astros fan now that this has come out. But I think I, I don't think that this thing has done anything except lose Astros fans. So I wonder if they're going to do something to give a sign of good I mean, faith. Our, because well, if, who, who's re-signed? Because we have Altuve and Bregman on the contract Altuve and Bregman already. are going to be on the books for the foreseeable future. Yep. Correa is going to be a free agent after next year. That's a bit. I mean, you can't sign both of them, can you? Springer and Correa. I mean, I, especially if you want to address some stuff in the pitching lineup. The thought is, Line, the thought lineup. is, no. The only, the only thing that the Astros have going for them is, like we talked about, that collective bargaining agreement, which comes after 2021. The Astros want to stay under the luxury tax, which right now I think is about 206 million dollars, which is relatively low for yeah. the amount of revenue that baseball draws in. So under that new CBA, I mean, I would be shocked if that that luxury tax mark doesn't go up an exponential amount. So they could eventually have the means to re-sign a, a Springer and a Correa without being penalized that much but I'm with you I, I think it's I think it's one or two I mean you could possibly see both of those guys walk I mean Correa's had a history of being injury riddled he's a guy that I think has made it clear he's going to want to test free agency and if somebody comes out there and offers him you know 20 to 25 million dollars a year I'm not sure the Astros can make an offer so to you to put match the that. same price tag on Correa and Springer on five-year contracts who are you taking oh man that's that's tough that is that's tough right there. I mean, I, if we're talking solely on the on-field production and what they've done to prove it, you got to go Springer. But I mean, Correa hasn't been on the field. Yeah, Correa you know? hasn't been like on the field, a, but he's younger. His, his he, ceiling's obviously not, much higher, in my opinion. But we've I think we've seen the best of Springer, and we hope he keeps up the production as opposed to what's Correa twenty four. He's younger than us, right? 
No, uh, Correa, yeah, yeah, he's about our age, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's 24, 25. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, if in the past, it was easier to look to the Astros farm system. And it's going to be like, who who's going to be taking this guy's place? Yeah. Who are they going to re- be able to replace with? And, I mean, the Astros at this point, I mean, their farm system has been pretty riddled uh, since, you know, making the trades for Justin Verlander, Zach Greenkey, yep. guys like that. I mean, they're not, it's not the farm system it once was. I mean, you still have the top-tier prospects, Forrest Whitley, uh, Kyle Tucker, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're looking at who you're going to replace these guys, you're either looking at the free agency or draft, which for the next two years is is not going to yeah. be is not going to be something that's existent for the Astros. Yeah. So, at this point, I'm going to say I I still stick with Correa, but at the same time, Correa is the big question mark because I don't think there's anything that Springer can do this upcoming year to warrant him getting you know 300 million dollars or I'm sorry 30 million dollars a year like yeah. the likes of Trout or anything. Correa, on the other hand, if he's he goes like, off, he's young enough. He's yeah. young enough. He's got the talent. He's been that five star or that five tool guy all his career. We're talking about if Correa goes out there and has a you know 40 home run year, 140 RBI year for the next two years. We're talking about a guy that's probably getting north north of eight years, 210 million dollars. So, man. I mean, I, at this point, I it's 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 just such a gamble at this point. Now, and I know we've talked about this kind of to switch subjects but stay on the contract talk um, with Bill O'Brien now being the GM and coach of the Texans. <laughs> like, well, just kind of a. I wonder if it's a similar situation now because of the structure of Astros executives if they are going to have difficulties retaining these players for other market numbers. Because the same thing we talk with Bill. I, like, think about the hole he's in with Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. Think about how we've already traded off part of our farm system and what we need to retain to stay yeah. competitive. And we're still there. I mean, the Astros aren't... It's not like we're not on the cusp of a World Series anymore because of the stuff that's happened. So how do the new administrative people come in and lock in these contracts do you think there's going to be any difficulty in signing them uh i mean i'm sure there is i mean i think i think there's going to who's be... going to negotiate that well I, i'm sure they uh, from a financial aspect i mean i guess i don't know how the exact structure but i don't think luna was the the sole the sole uh negotiating I'm sure factor part on of this. the conversation i mean yeah absolutely he's uh, a part of the conversation i mean james, uh, you know james click is a very well-versed guy in major league baseball yeah. so I, i'm not i'm not questioning that I'm not questioning the Astros falling into a trap. I mean, the only I'm looking at it right now. The only bad contract that the Astros have given out is Jose Altuve. I mean, they gave him what uh, five I mean, years? And, five years, 150 million dollars. But you had but to. A, yeah, like, I mean, they, no, nobody's going to blame the Astros for that at this point. I mean, the guy took pay cuts for years and yeah. years, and I mean, he's been the face of your franchise. So nobody's going to blame him for that. So if it's the same type of people in place, I'm not questioning whether or not the Astros are going to give stupid contracts or not. It's just the question of what they can replace. How can they still be competitive without? a career or a springer at this point and i mean at this point now you're talking about losing fans i mean is there going to be fans that are turned off from the astros letting springer walk on the heels of a you know the yeah. biggest scandal that we've seen in baseball in the last 15 20 years i mean it's, I, I think it's i think it's a real question oh yeah i mean hey if houston texans fans stay around you know and we've had to sit through this so. houston texans I, I mean i haven't had a cheating scandal like quite like the astros so. that's true you know yeah but we also I, haven't been to a World Series yeah, or a uh, Super Bowl, whatever. Yeah, so. well, I think there's going to be a lot of things that play a factor into this. I mean, if we're going to see a new Springer contract, I, I think keep an eye out uh, uh, keep an eye out for it in spring training, uh, just like they did with Altuve a few years ago. You know, this was the same conversation we were having last year about Garrett Cole. We're, you know, Verlander didn't have his new contract at this point, and we were talking about going into spring training. You know, who do they lock up? Verlander, Cole, both going to be free agents at the end of the year. And what basically what it came down to is – uh, Cole made it clear he was going to test free agency. So the Astros had a decision to make at that point. They said, well, we can either lock Verlander up for two years, $66 million, or we can take our chances and go to free agency. And the Astros weren't willing to go into free agency and test that. So, 
I, it could be a similar thing when we're talking about Correa and Springer because if one of those guys, from what I've heard, if one of those guys is making it, it one of those guys is making it clear they're going to test free agency, it's Carlos Correa. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. The other quick thing that I'll say about that between the Springer and Correa thing is there's a quick fix at shortstop. I mean, you you move Bregman over to short, and it's that's easy fix right there with Springer. I mean, you, you got Tucker there if you're putting stock into Tucker, but. You know, Brantley, uh, Springer, both those guys can be free agents at the end of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see. Okay, so uh, we'll move to the actual on-field when it comes to this year. I mean, obviously the big questions about it. We got spring training kicking off tomorrow. Big questions about the rotation. I mean, obviously it's real at this point. The Astros have a clear lack of proven innings eaters at this point. So while they're going to be set one one and two, they're going to have Verlander. They're going to have Greinke. Lance McCullers is going to be returning this year, but off injury, we don't know how many innings he's going to get. And then that four spot, we think it's going to be Jose Urquidy, who was dominant in the postseason last year and had a good year. But man, I'm telling you what, this rotation is really starting to scare me when I'm looking at it. I'm just, we you got to have somebody besides Verlander and Greenkey that's going to be able to go out there and give you 140, 150 innings out there. And between everybody that's left on this on this roster, there's not one guy that I'm looking at. And I'm saying, okay, that guy's going to give me 150 innings this year. I don't know what you see from this man, but what I'm what I'm thinking is the Astros' top prospect, Forrest Whitley. He's put on weight. He's you know supposedly cleaned his act up. They need Forrest Whitley to have a big spring training for him. It is going to be very, very. It's. I mean, if the Astros don't get innings and they don't have guys that eat innings for him, this is going to be a long, long year. I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, though, who else is going to win our division? You know, well, I mean, I wouldn't be so so coy to say that. I mean, the A's are going to be back at it. They've gotten everybody back. Uh, playoff team last year. Uh, the Angels got Anthony Rendon. They've got an improved pitching staff. I mean, very minimal improved pitching staff, which isn't saying much because they were so bad last year. Uh, on top of that, you look at the Rangers. I mean, the Rangers are going to be competitive. Corey Kluber, I'm sure, is going to have a bounce back year. So, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'm with you. I don't think they lose the division. But when we're talking about getting to the playoffs, the name of the game for the, for the playoffs is getting out. It's as simple as that sounds. I mean, go back to the ALCS in 2018 against the, uh, against the Red Sox. Our problem is that 1-2-3 that they had with, uh, what, Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts, and J.D. Martinez, they couldn't get outs. There was no guy that they had that could get outs outside of Justin Verlander, which even him couldn't get outs going into game five. So... I, I don't know, man. This is gonna this is gonna be a very interesting year, and I mean, the the problem is, you know, in the past we're talking about the Astros going out there making a trade at the deadline, but they really don't have the assets to do something yeah. like that again. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, Grinky helped us get over. I don't want to say the hump because we lost in the World Series, but he helped get us there, and you know, help. We won the pennant in large part because mm-hmm. of that three man rotation we had going, um, and I don't think. I think someone's going to need to step up, obviously. But like you said, like if it, it even if it's your Queedy, you still have your three man lineup. And I'm not worried about. I, I think we're we're minus three hundred according to Vegas to win the division. The Angels are plus three twenty five. I don't think we have a chance of really. There's not a huge shot that we lose the division. And I think from there, those three guys can kind of help you coast through the playoffs, especially if our hitting is on. I mean, if the bats are working, yeah, we're going to be okay. But like you said, a lot of that depends on you know Correa's health, Springer. We'll see if any of these guys have any sort of. I don't know, cheating hangover from last year. So we'll, we'll check. But Yeah, I mean, the, the, you're, the, you're getting a big boost back. I think Bregman said it yesterday. I was listening. He talked about it. He's like, you know, the Astros, what people aren't, aren't realizing is it's like kind of like the Astros got a free agent pitching acquisition. Lance McCullers, who missed all of last year, is going to yeah. be back at it. I mean, he's a previous all-star. 
you know, obviously the lack of control has always been rampant with him and the injuries even more so. Yeah. So I think healthy, yeah, that's a big part of but it, right? It, I like, mean, we, and we weren't healthy for a lot of last year, too. Yeah. I mean, so. If you can get 100, 150, 160 innings out of Lance McCullers, you're gonna be, we're going to be in really good shape. And, I mean, I still I, – I expect Jose Urquidy to, to have another big year – or not big year, but he's going to be able to eat innings. He's going to be a guy that, I mean, I think is going to sit anywhere from 3-5 to 4 in the ERA. And on top of that, that changeup, I mean, is – is deadly for him so i mean I, I another year of development there so there are there are reasons to be hopeful for the astros but at the same time i'm, not, I'm looking at this pitching rotation and i'm i'm saying there's not I, I can't definitively tell you that any of those guys are going to give you 140 150 innings which is right now what the astros need yeah you got to rely on the lineup at this point it's a lineup of death they just they need to get guys that can eat innings out there kind of what they did in 2017 before they got verlander i mean that's pretty much what they did is they just relied on a plethora of guys to go out there get them innings so it's gonna be interesting to see how it turns out for them yeah no for sure um hey and by the way you want to guess the uh yankees odds for winning their division oh man especially with the red sox trade. east winners yep go ahead which actually i'm glad you brought that up because i want to bring that how stupid that red sox trade is but now that the red sox i'm gonna guess yankees minus oh god minus 700 1200 120 dollars to win 10 dollars on the yankees doing their division i mean so yeah obviously the big news which we haven't even talked about the reds the red sox trade mookie bets which makes no sense yeah i don't i mean talk about people who are on the cusp of winning the world series who are just i mean i'm not even gonna say that they're on the cusp of winning they were they're they're competitive they're they were certainly competitive with them but they they veil it as this they're gonna that, that they're saving money, but if you look at what they're what they're doing with it, they really don't save any money. And then the the value of the trade that they get is just awful, man. There's no way that you convince me you can convince me if you're the Red Sox that you can't get the same value they got from Mookie Betts at the trade deadline halfway through the year. Why not let him play halfway through the year? See where you're at. If you're you know obviously in contention, retain him. Yep. Go for another World Series yep. at that point. But instead, you're going to trade him. I mean, and they, the the best prospect they got, Alex Verdugo, the the outfielder for the Dodgers. I mean, he's top five prospect in baseball. But there's another guy with injury problems yep. versus Mookie Betts, who yeah. I don't know is is arguably the best outfielder in baseball outside of Mike Trout. So I mean, I, I just do you think understand. him moving ties into the cheating scandal? Do you think they're related? Mm, no, I think I think it's. I, I just I, I don't know, man. I I think there's a lot of that was a head scratch. The, the, sure. the Red Sox. I mean, people don't kind of look at them, but I mean, they just got rid of Dave uh, Dabrowski. Uh, they they've had a lot of front office turnover in the last few years, and I just I, I just think it's a very dysfunctional Might organization. Be correlated, man. I don't know. Maybe. I, I I think money covers up a lot of things when it comes to baseball, and in a dysfunctional organization, if money if you throw enough money at it, it can cover it up, and that's what the Red Sox tend to do. But I mean, this trade just did not make any sense. Uh, but you know it, it's interesting because you know yeah, I'm sure you know about the you know Babe Ruth uh, the Babe Ruth uh, jinx or, yeah. or curse yeah. Big Bandino curse the Red Sox trade uh, the uh, trade uh, Babe Ruth to the Yankees they don't win another World Series for a hundred plus years well it is a hundred it was a hundred years ago that that trade was made uh, from Babe Ruth going to the Red Sox to the Yankees so who knows this might be a, this might be another Babe Fate. Ruth type situation yeah. and we'll see what happens but that's it's uh it's gonna be an interesting yeah. year for sure uh, which hey we hope the bats are there and hope everyone stays healthy and I think we're gonna be right there at the end of it so yeah. I, there's not really anyone who scares me except for the Yankees and the I mean you know yeah, so and, that, and talk about health issues that's another one yeah. uh, you know and the Dodgers the Dodgers on the other hand now they I mean that lineup is over just under terrifying. wins by the way Astros. 
95. Uh, yeah, good. 94. Okay, yeah. I mean, about ma- that makes sense. And you say you don't watch all the games. Come on now. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I Dodgers, I'm sure, is, is gone up to Dodgers with uh, with Mookie Betts out there. Yeah, Dodgers are minus 1,100, by the way, to win their division. So yeah, they're I'm right sure. up there with the Yankees for yeah, the big favorites. No, I mean, so. they're, they're, especially now with Mookie Betts and that pitching staff they have. You know, and one th- last thing. I mean, I know we want to stop talking about this cheating alleg- uh, cheating stuff. Oh, but, you love talking about it, dude. That's I, what I, I know. But that's what, thing, last that's thing, what I'm last, talking about. People love controversy, last, man. Uh, MLB loves this. Last I'll tell thing you I'll don't. say about this is Cody Bellinger. Shut up, man. Just shut up. Like he was a rookie in 2017, so he comes out and he says, you know, talks about the Astros and rips them in 2017. Are you Cody Bellinger? Are you going to sit there and tell us that when you were a rookie in 2017, if you'd have come up with the Astros and this system had been in place and they yep. told you this is how we do things, I you, just don't think this is morally yeah, you right. Think he's going to come out there and be like, yeah. guys, we need to put yeah. a stop to this. Exactly. I'm 20 years old and I'm going to yeah. stop this. Yep. Like, shut up, yeah. man. Yeah, just shut up. And no. you're going to come out there and you're going to throw these uh, attacks at other people. He's as full of crap as Justin Verlander is when he was like, I just didn't have a voice in the room, you know? Like, it's just like, come on, this is veteran leadership who needed to come make a cultural change it's like if you want things to change at work it needs to come from the top down that's how it's always been yeah. so wow you know what again this it's it's going to be very fun to see I, I wish the astros and dodgers had a matchup but who knows maybe we'll get a world series matchup at some point all right well from one uh organization in houston to another uh got to talk about these rockets now so we talked about it last week unveiled small ball four or uh, two and two at that point going into the all-star break so rockets have the first game out uh, of the all-star break quick, quick real quick did you watch the all-star game Oh uh, yeah, I watched the first half and uh, didn't watch the second half when it got good. Apparently, it's funny because so I saw I, a lot of highlights of the fourth quarter. I, the only thing I watched was that fourth quarter, and I watched the highlights of it just because everybody was talking about. It. You like the rule? The the, the oh, uh, yeah, what do they call I it? Mean, the, Eli, the Eli, Elian rule or something? Everyone where they loves the rule, point. dude. Uh, you saw the competition level, man. That's what people have been asking for for the All Star game for forever. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to keep the format. I mean, it worked great. I'll say this: it's enough to make me tune in and watch live the All Star game next dude, year. Giannis was out there throwing elbows in the paint. He called it like, hard. What what was that about? He uh, saw him. He was like. They asked him what what his plan was on on the on the offensive side, and yeah. he said, uh, who, "Get the ball, get the ball to whoever." Dude, he's uh, been shaky. Gar- I mean, we're talking about the Astros. I think I mean we won last night, and he had like thirty points on like six of seventeen shooting or something bad. Like, dude, but it's an all star game. What are you talking about? Uh, I yeah, know. no, he's dude. That's another reason I don't like the Bucks, dude. You're all about this Bucks train, and I'm just I don't think Giannis is the guy, dude. He needs to grow up and get some mental fortitude in him. You know, he's gonna get a little shook in the playoffs. Same thing though. Uh, actually. We're talking that I forget if it was Simmons and Rosillo who were talking about it, or maybe it was Rosillo and Rosillo and Cowherd. Oh, podcast that was a great podcast. podcast. Very, very, yeah, very highly Absolutely recommended. They even got into politics and everything. It was, yeah. it was good. It's not, it's not, they're not talking in depth about sports. They're just yeah. talking about the whole everything, broadcasting dude, thing life. as a whole. Yeah, life, good. Uh, politics, um, best podcast. But yeah, going back to it, I mean, they, uh, I think it might have been Simmons and Rosillo who talked about it, but they were like, yeah, Giannis in the All Star game couldn't do anything either. Like he, he doesn't have an outside shot, and this is why I hate on the Bucks all the time. If you keep him out of the paint and fouls aren't getting called like they don't get called in the playoffs same issue the rockets have bucks aren't making it to the they're not making it to the nba finals you you say it as if it's this easy thing for for teams in the east to do what uh, who okay what defender in the east is gonna is, is gonna Boston's be able to got contain- length well, you've got like who, three wing defenders who could probably who, him who up. on boston is going to be able to contain Giannis? Uh, jason tatum no we'll not a fine. chance who on the 76ers uh, that's uh, I'll put ben, ben, Simmons, ben Simmons on him, dude. No, yeah, Ben Simmons. Uh, uh, Giannis in the games this year has literally made, or in the past couple of years, has made Ben Simmons his his. You know what? I mean, <laughs> Ben Simmons is scared to guard Giannis. I mean, I've never watched highlights where there's got, been two guys that 
are physically equal and just seeing another guy just completely outmatched and scared. I'm just telling you, I dude, I something weird's gonna happen. The Bucks are gonna lose like in the second round right. of the Pacers. You know what? Put, your, or something. put your money where your mouth is. How much you want to bet? I guarantee the Bucks. You're gonna you, have to give me some good odds here because I'm definitely. I'm giving you the field. I'm saying you can the have, field versus the Bucks. Field versus oh, all the day. Bucks. Lunch bet. Sure, lunch bet right here on air. Easy peasy. That's, All right. That's free lunch for me right there. I'll tell you that. No, <laughs> I, just, I don't trust the, the Bucks. I don't trust the Rockets either, to be honest. I love small ball. I love the idea of it. Like we all, I don't think the recipe was there with Capella. We tried it a couple times, run it back. Obviously with Russin is a new variable, but I think small ball is working a lot better. Like if we if we hit shots, we're gonna win the game. It's analytics. It's that easy. So here's what I'll say about the Rockets. This is the one thing that I've noticed over these last five games. The Rockets now have an identity. That is not something that we were able to say pre-Clint Capella. I mean, they were a team that was, it seemed like they were halfway in on the on the, on the the small ball. Yep. You know, they, they, they'd eventually try, they, throughout the game, try and get Clint Capella involved with these pick and rolls. But the fact is, Harden and Westbrook are the number one and number two isolation players in basketball. Yep. So they went all in on this. The Rockets have an identity about, about them now. How many other teams in the West can you say that about? I mean, the Clippers at this point don't have an identity. They're a team that's basically playing like they just won a championship, which I guess Kawhi did. But they're a team that has no identity. The Jazz still can't figure out how to get Mike Conley involved. The Lakers, I mean, yeah, obviously the Lakers are the toughest competition at this point, but the Rockets have a clear identity, and they know exactly what they need to do to win games, which is something that I think is completely different from what we were saying pre-Clint Capella. I think we match up very well with most every team in the West as well. Maybe not the depth of the Clippers, which is why, I mean, you talk about the Clippers not playing good ball but they're the only one of the only teams that scare me and especially because they've got a lot of players who just go off against the rock Lou goes off for 30 mm-hmm. every time we play him between pg and Kawhi, it's just gonna be tough to score like we want to but uh i mean we've made acquisitions now uh, you've got the wing players seth Lowe jeff, looked green, good on defense. Demari, jeff Carroll, green looked great put, last yeah. night yeah so i didn't I, I didn't watch a whole lot of the game so i didn't really see damari or how he looked but yeah, I mean, Carroll... Did Damari play last night? Yeah, he did okay. a little bit. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I, I think De, the Damari Carroll, I look at that one, I, I say, I think that was like, hey, who, who's going to be guarding LeBron yeah. in the Western Conference Finals? We need somebody that's got a track record of being a great defender, which they have Covington, but I think Damari Carroll is specifically on this team to guard LeBron James come, come crunch time in the playoffs. Yeah, and... and and like you said earlier, with the small ball thing, we'll force the mismatch. People try to, you know, force it into AD all day. And mm-hmm. we, we saw the recipe work against the Lakers, what, two weeks ago. So, yeah. I, I, like I said, I mean, the biggest thing that I, I'm just, I'm so happy with this Rockets team at this point is they have an identity at this point. They've, it, the, the isolation ball, I mean, this is going to completely work in the, to the benefit of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I mean, Westbrook is a man possessed at this point. And Harden, obviously, we're he still. Needs to get yeah, Harden's got it. James Harden scares me they, right they've now. They've got it. That's crazy that that is the one part of his team that I don't trust right now to take us all the way. Yeah, it was but like we're, so what, we're 20 plus games left in the season. I mean, he's going to get it back Hopefully together. Hopefully he's taking it easy. Stay yeah. out of those clubs, James. <laughs> well, and the other thing, I mean, Jeff Green, they've got another proven shooter. I mean, I think he's what going to, I mean, his career maybe 35% uh, 35% from three. So they've got another shooter on this team, which is something that they need um, for this small ball lineup to work. At the end of the day, like we said last week, it's just going to come down to whether or not the Rockets make sure shots are not yep. as simple as that sounds if they go cold they're going to lose to anybody but if they get hot they're going to beat anybody no for 27 this year All right yeah um but at, at that that being said i mean you, I, I can't believe i don't know how i missed jeff green was on the uh was on the was he buyout was he a waiver they signed him to the 10-day contract which i don't i don't fully understand what that's all about i'm sure they're going to retain him for the entire year but uh you know great another sound pickup by uh by daryl Morey at this point and the, again, I, I just I look at the the rest of the West at this point, and I, I like this Rockets team over everybody except maybe the Lakers. So 
It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see coming down the stretch. Biggest game of the year tomorrow, though. I, I mean, up to this point, the Jazz tiebreakers on the line, and you're looking at a team that what they're what are they one game removed from the yep. uh, between each other in the four and five. Oh, right there. I mean, I guess either way. I, I do you think we lose to the Jazz in the playoffs? I don't. I, I think the I think we are a terrible matchup for the Jazz. Yeah. We have been for the last few years. I think we're good in the four. Or we're five gonna force. Seed. We uh. force. They're arguably their best player off the court in Rudy Gobert. So I mean, it's gonna be interesting. You think we match up better against the Clippers than we do the Lakers? Ooh, I don't know, man. See, I, I, I'm almost I talk, more comfortable in this. Four I talk five about seed. the Clippers not having an identity, but at the same time, the the Clippers to me have the highest ceiling of anybody, yeah. and and so I don't know. Uh, okay, so I'll ask you. I mean, what, what's the easiest path to Dude, the I, NBA? I finals? like being in the four seed. I mean, I think we've shown we have so the Lakers recipe. second round. We can beat them. Why not? And then hopefully maybe because I don't want to play the Clippers. It's like I said, dude. I, I I'm scared by the Clippers' depth and by the Clippers' length. Like we can't match up with those forwards and some of the size they have. We just can't do it. So I'm not necessarily worried about. I mean, what what are the Clippers going to have? Crunch time. Who's going to be their crunch time five? Montrez Harrell. Maybe Lou. I, as, as weird as that sounds, he's been playing like a beast. So yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about length and size, I mean, I'm more scared about the Lakers because I mean, if they the, the, that game that they beat against them, I mean, obviously the, the we we force the Lakers out of their game, which yeah. I don't expect to see a second time around. But I don't know, man. I, I think I think that three seed it, to get that get the Clippers in the second round. I don't know, man. It, it's it's tough. It's gonna be tough to get there no matter what. But I mean, if you do get the three seed the Lakers are waiting for you in the finals. It's not like you're not going to have to play them. Yeah. I don't see any other team beating the Lakers, but I could see a world where the Nuggets beat the Clippers in the second round, and I think that would work great for us. And then, you know, we play the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. That's my dream situation. Uh, and that's part of why I think the four seed's a little bit enticing. But either way, I mean, obviously, you're going to you're gonna have to beat at least one of these two teams yeah. in Los Angeles, probably both of them make it. So there's yeah. there's not an easy path. Yeah. <laughs> Higher the better, I guess, then. I'll tell you what so. I am looking forward to. Now, don't get me wrong. Lakers are going to win this in four or five games, but I'm looking forward to that first-round matchup. Grizzlies versus the Lakers. Ja. There's going to be a lot of star power. That is going to be yeah, a fun gonna, matchup. There's going to be a lot of good. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to a lot of these series. Yeah, a lot, a the lot West, more parity. The East, East is terrible. Yeah. Eh, I mean, no, East, East top to bottom is pretty pretty good. I'll, I'll give the East that. Who? Who's the eight seed? The Magic? The Nets? Well, I mean, over uh, over the uh, West and a lot of I don't of trust cases. Miami. I don't know, man. I don't know if Jimmy Buckets can get it done. You know what else is crazy? Uh, Trey Young's been going off. I was looking at some Trey Young. He's always been going off. It doesn't, it doesn't translate to wins for the Hawks. I know they won they won last night and they beat uh, somebody pretty good. Oh, the the Heat. Yeah. But I, I, it doesn't translate to wins. I'm, I'm not. I mean, do you think that's because of Trey Young or do you think that's because of the rest of the team? Uh, I just I mean, wonder if Trey, I, you know, we're, we're, everyone's I'm looking say, for this next generation of superstars. I'm wondering if he's, you know. I'm just saying if Luka Doncic is on that Hawks team, I think the Hawks are a borderline playoff team, or probably a playoff team at this point. Yeah. And the Hawks traded Luka Doncic. Yeah, for, that's true. Young. Stupidest trade in trade day. Oh. All right, we got, we're kind of getting up against it. We've got a little bit of time, or a little bit of time left. So, uh, you know, we talk about collective bargaining agreements, you know, with uh, what's coming up in the MLB. MLB. Uh, yesterday, it uh, came out that the NFL the offered the the players a new collective bargaining agreement hard no the highlights from that 17 game season for the nfl as well an extra playoff game so i i think we can we can probably agree i don't i guess i don't know your thoughts on a 17 game season i mean basically they were talking about the players the, the max that a player can make is two hundred fifty thousand dollars from this but thoughts on it you think i mean 
I, I don't mind the 17 game season or like why who why Adrian wouldn't was, as a fan why wouldn't you like 17 games yeah. I don't agree with the 17 playoff I think that's stupid okay yeah so but, that, that's more but I think what I'm trying fans to get to. would have to be I, I think most fans would be for a 17 game season everyone wants more football but the 14 teams in the in the playoffs like what's the point of expanding the season if you're just going to add more teams to the playoffs like I think the regular season should be dwindling down those numbers right I I think it's ridiculous that 16 teams make the playoffs in the NBA yeah. I've been I've been saying you need to cut that down to 12 for forever so yeah. Uh, definitely not a fan of adding more teams. Definitely would like to see 17 games in the NFL. Yeah, well, make it go all year round. That would make me a very happy person. So, All right, well, I disagree <laughs> with you on both of those because 17 games, I mean, that's just too much. I mean, what's the quality of play that we're going to get come playoffs? Guys playing 17 games. You think it's going to be that much worse if I they really play one do. more I week? I mean, I, I don't think we realize what the physical toll is on add, this player add for a one second, single add game. Add a second bye week. Okay. Well, okay. 19-week season. 17 games, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that too much. I mean, it's one game. I mean, if, yeah. if it happens, I'm not going to – it's not like I'm going to be in protest. I don't think the, the players are going to let it happen, but obviously. And so. added – an added team to the dumb. playoffs. I am dumb. dumb I love, dumb, love it. Love it. Okay. Dumb. Uh, you know, I, listen, I'm completely happy. My, happy. My chiefs were a two seed. Yeah. They got, you they got, got a buy. They got a buy. But at the same time, think about this. So under the new 17 playoff team, we're talking about only one team getting a, getting a buy. Okay. So I'm, I'm just looking back to this past season. And if I'm a Ravens fan, I am sick to my stomach. I am sick to my stomach. Now, granted, I know nothing might change when it comes, nothing, nothing changes when, you know, that they have the buy and they lose in the second round. But I, I just think that a one seed that goes 14 and two, 13 and three, and is significantly better than everybody else in the field, they deserve something better than just being one of the two teams that gets a buy at this Dude, point. How is home field in a buy? Not like home field. That's your other advantage. You get home field over the second seed. You have to win one game to be in the AFC championship game. The other thing, the other thing that I'll say about this is the amount of revenue that the NFL will bring in by an added, an added team in the playoff or the, that these teams will make. I think it's exponential and I think it makes perfect sense to have an extra team. I, I'm just overall, I'm a fan of one team getting a buy and that number one seed being rewarded more over than any other team in the NFL at this point. I mean, but what are you going to do? You start having two 13 and three teams or 14 and two team. Like, you're, uh, you, you know, the same, there's you a lot the of second seeds that are very, very, very good. I'm just saying, I think that there's going to be a lot. I mean, think about the com competition that's going to come down, come down the stretch. There's already I, competition down the stretch. There, is, two and there, three is, there is, but it's going to be even, even greater when it comes down to these two teams vying for a number one seed i understand what you're saying but i i mean i think the the one you'd think teams don't want to be a number one seed for home field advantage already well obviously they do but i'm just saying obviously these if teams you're in week 17 right now and both you and the team you're playing against for that number one seed are 12 and 3 you're going to play everybody you're going to try to win that game no matter what because you want home field throughout the playoffs that's incentive enough i mean you're talking I'm, about it very i'm just tired okay. of adding more teams I, I'd, I'd rather shoot it down to five before I'd shoot it up to seven. No, man, I, I, I like it. I like the 17 playoffs. Because it's, it's just too easy to lose a game of football, dude. Yeah. That's the thing. It's it's This isn't a seven-game series we're talking about. This is 60 minutes of football, and then you're going to have seven seeds coming in beating one seeds. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. It's going to be dumb. Like, you should have beat Tennessee, Baltimore. Sorry. That, that's what you have to complain about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, obviously things don't change if they're the number one seed. I mean, yeah, maybe they play maybe Tennessee again in the second maybe round. Maybe their opponent. But I'm just yeah. saying the overall competition at the end of the year, I just like the idea of rewarding Who are the, the seven seed. seeds? I know the Rams were it in the NFC. Uh, Raiders? Raider, yeah, Raiders were on the borderline, but I think they lost on the stretch. Um, yeah, I, I don't know for sure exactly who would have been it. But, just, it's, it's but I, no, it's more it's I more don't playoff. like that percentage of teams making the playoffs yeah. after such a long season. That's my issue with it. I have the same issue with the NBA, though. So, All right. Now, speaking of Tennessee, I teased it in the opener. Uh, Tom Brady, new team emerges. According to Adam Schefter, ESPN Insider, says that Tennessee Titans are now the favorites to land Tom Brady. 
Okay, Evan, we've been talking about this in the past. We talked about whether or not Brady would go to a market like a Tennessee or like an Indianapolis, but it seems like there is real traction there. And I don't know, this past week, and I've been saying it for the last weeks, but it just seems like it's getting more and more real, the fact that we're, we're going to see Tom Brady in a no, different jersey not. besides the Patriots. Why one. do you believe that? I'm just saying it, it seems to Think me about it's all getting the things the we talked about again. a week or two ago. Big markets. Great offenses. Okay, like, we, we've talked about all that. So who, let, Corey Davis, who's the best receiver on the Tennessee Titans? A.J. Brown. Oh, yeah, A.J. Brown has been going jo- uh, jo- uh, Joe Smith, hey, whatever, hey, Joe Smith. Tom's, had, Tom's already had one A. Brown, and it didn't work out for him, okay? So I think he's going to stay away from there. <laughs> I, I, okay. No, dude, no. One year, 30 million. It works perfectly. What, what is Tennessee going to offer? Two years, 60? Like, I just don't... What is the extra money? Did, do you think Tom Brady wants to go live in Nashville? Listen, I've, ta- I've agreed with you on this. I, I think that the best place for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl title is in New England. I think you got to trust in Belichick that he's going to get you weapons but we're not in the mind of Tom Brady what we think and what's most logical is not necessarily going to be the case if we're talking about what's most logical for him to go to why are the Las Vegas Raiders even coming up in this conversation why are the Los Angeles Chargers even coming for the same up in this reason that the Astros are it's a polarizing thing about the greatest NFL player of all time and people want something to talk about during the offseason okay he's going to New England all this right is all Hi- just- hypothetically speaking let's entertain the thought that he goes to Tennessee so the Q- quarterback domino case at that you know, point is hilarious by the way yeah what? I guess you're about to talk about it like if you're Tennessee, do you really think a 43-year-old Tom Brady is that much better than Ryan Tannehill, who just had an MVP second half of the season? Well, at the same time, I don't think there's any way that Ryan Tannehill is going to repeat what he did last year. But uh, I, I, Dude, it's, there's a conversation to be had. That's the funny thing. You know? I don't like, know. I, yeah, I, I, can I you just, imagine five years ago if I was like, oh, I don't know if you want to get rid of Ryan Tannehill for Tom Brady, you know? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know what Brady gives you this year. I don't know what to make of this last year if it was the lack of weapons. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what Brady year, is dude. right now. Yeah. I don't know what Brady is as a quarterback right now and yeah i go into tennessee i I clearly don't think that that makes them super bowl contenders but okay but let's talk uh, talk domino effect the other guy that you're getting in there right now that a lot of people are talking about is philip rivers to the colts at this point so if you're the Texans sitting there in the AFC South at this point, Tom Brady, Phillip Tom Brady Rivers, for the, for the Titans, and Gardner Minshew, the best three quarterbacks in the NFL. <laughs> well, we could be talking about another quarterback domino going to Jacksonville, whoever that may be. Gardner's the guy. Okay, they said. But at, so if you're the Texans and you're Bill O'Brien heading into his first year as general manager, how nervous are you seeing those guys go in there? Is it better or worse for the Texans to have those quarter, quarterbacks in the same comp, in the same conference as? Them? Dude, you're the biggest Philip Rivers hater out there. I'm surprised you're oh, giving yeah. him any sort oh, of no, credit I, here. Yeah, I agree. I hate him, but I mean, you think Philip Rivers takes the Colts to the uh, playoffs? But if, uh, but, well, if we're talking about quarterback production, I think last year Jacoby Brissett, I think it was like yeah, 19, awful. Yeah. 19. No, he's in the 20s, dude. He's like yeah, 23rd or 24th, something like that. Yeah. But Philip Rivers was right there next to him. So yeah. I mean, am I going to ask who's got the better upside? at their age philip rivers with an offensive line something he didn't have last year yeah. versus jacoby Brissett. i don't know that that might be that might I be definitely a good marriage for the rivers last couple is, years of his career he's definitely an upgrade over jacoby i don't think jacoby's the guy i mean i've seen enough tape on him and we've seen him in, in so, enough places places and systems that it's just like okay so i uh, basically my question is for a texans team that has a depleted secondary is are those moves enough to make them not the favorites in the afc south if Tom Brady goes to the Titans, I guarantee you the Titans are the favorite. I don't think so with the Colts. Oof, man. I'll tell you I what. I don't think anyone but Andrew Luck could come back and make the Colts favorite. I'll tell you what. Tom Brady to the Titans, though, man. I mean, he could be a game manager. I don't know if he's going to accept that role, but he could be a game manager. Yeah. Hand the ball uh, to Derrick Henry, Henry 20 yeah. to 30 times a game. Ooh. Maybe that's the appeal. You know, Maybe he just he doesn't want to get hit Nash- anymore. Nashville's a great place. It's a great it's a good town. good offensive line, too. Yeah, it's a great town. Good offensive line. So, yeah, definitely going to be interesting. I do. I'd, I'd, just, I'd be very – we can do another lunch bet on stay, Brady staying in 
No, I'm not going to argue because, with that because, yeah. I mean, I think I, I at the end of the day, I mean, who knows? I, I told you last week this could be Brady making a ploy for them to say, hey, go out there and get weapons. I'll come back. Because, yep. I mean, they've already made it clear that they'll offer him 30-plus million, 30 plus million what, dollars a year. I wonder if it's a Rabel connection or something. That's interesting. Yeah, Shefty. it's possible. Shefty's usually right about these things, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to throw something out there. It's almost like, like a watch bomb right there. Yeah. Hey, here, here's a little uh, side note, uh, completely off subject, but uh, somehow I'll, I'll make this bridge into the next quick segment that we're going to have. Mahomes. You know, I was just you know I was just basking in the glory of Patrick Mahomes. Did you hear about Mahomes Day? Did you watch that? Uh uh-uh. uh They had two days on NFL Network. It was all Mahomes uh, highlights. Mah- uh. Patrick Mahomes is 24 years old, and he has enough tape to have two days worth of highlights on it's NFL incredible. Network. The guy's incredible. Uh, but, go on, uh, this past year, so going into the Super Bowl, I mean, I think the big play, the big turning point for him was that third and 15 play. Mahomes this past year on third and 18 or longer was 10. Oh, keep in mind. The rest of the league had a conversion rate of 8% when it came to third and 18 and long. Mahomes, 10 of 11, five first downs and three touchdowns and a perfect passer rating. And he, he threw like well over 200 yards. Just you guys should just, you know, just run backwards first couple plays and, you know, just run third and 20 every time. Yeah. All right. Well, we are up against it. One last thing I will say before we leave here. Biggest fight tomorrow that we've seen in quite some time. I'm not going to pretend to be some boxing savant and know all, give you all these different details, but I can tell you right now, tomorrow is going to be an amazing fight. Uh, Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, the rematch. Both of those guys undefeated last year going into December of 2018, 2009. I can't remember. Or 2018, I'm sorry. December of 2018. Uh, They had a draw. Neither one of them had a draw at that point. Heavyweight matchup. Deontay Wilder, from what I've seen, man, it's got one of the most powerful right-handed swings, jabs, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever seen. Tomorrow is going to be one of the ideal heavyweight matchups that we've seen in some time. Tyson Fury, I mean, as as is as gritty as it comes, man. I'm telling you what, Evan, we're getting that fight tomorrow. We are going to watch it, and I'm going to turn you into a boxing fan. I'm not even a true boxing fan, but I'm telling you what, it is going to be a great, great matchup tomorrow. Well, one, I'm not going to be here tomorrow night. I'm oh. going to be I'm going to be in Puerto Rico. Oh, actually, wow, living it that's up right, that's right. And I know on. Nicole's not listening to this podcast, so I can you know say I'm proposing you oh, know, in wow, a couple man. days. So that's going to be crazy. Wow, so, man. Yep. Uh, yeah, no, congratulations. Yep. I knew this. That's I'm surprised you're putting that out there. Oh, dude, she's not going to listen. You know, what, what can you do? That'd be oh. funny though. <laughs> like if she caught me because you watch Fall Court Sports. All right, um, quit, uh, real, but, you brought that up. So okay, so wait, well, let me go back to boxing. How who watches boxing anymore? I don't. I keep seeing these dollar amounts on these fights, and it, it, they're astronomical. It's like hundreds of millions of dollars that go into these things. Man, and I, I don't the, know the anyone McGregor, who watches boxing. The McGregor Mayweather fight. That, there's a lot of money poured into that. Yeah, I, I watched it, and I stared at Tom Brady's face half the time through the, through the little thing. You know, no, but man, uh, this is not going to be one of those dancing matches. This, you know, this lightweight. No, I agree. It's probably going to be a good fight, but I just think boxing. I think is still, Deontay UFC Wilder is definitely the the new fighting championship that people want to watch uh, from the people. I, maybe it's just the younger generation. I just don't know who watches boxing. It's people. The, the thing is people have been missing heavyweight boxing. They've been missing the Mike Tyson's, the Muhammad Ali's. The you think like this, this is it? This is going to be it. Deontay Wilder is 42 and 0 and one, if I'm not mistaken. And 41 of those fights have been knockouts that he's had. Okay. I'm telling you, this is going to be a heavyweight fight. You're going to see two guys, powerful hooks, and I think Deontay Wilder gets the knockout. I'll, I'll tune in on the airplane. Okay. All right. Well, real quick before we go, how are you gonna how are you gonna propose? Um, we uh we we got a hike scheduled in Puerto Rico, and you know it's gonna be a couple pretty outlooks. And I figure you know just find one of those and. Well, it sounds yeah. like you put a lot of thought into that. Figure it out. No, uh, uh, it's <laughs> it's speak from the heart thing, right? You know, oh, you just okay. gotta All you right. just gotta you let the words flow out. I think if you rehearse it too much, you know, it's gonna be like I'm giving her a sales pitch. You know, so are you gonna, are you gonna tear up, man? 
I don't know. I'm a, I am an emotional guy. You know that. So uh, tears, man. It'll it'll go well. You think? It'll you go, think it'll yeah. go well for she, sure. She'll be like, oh, this crying, sniveling man is where I want to spend the rest of my yeah. life with. Yeah. So that'll yeah. be good. Yeah. All right. Well, Evan, as always, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks Puerto for having Rico, me. Have fun. Yep. That's gonna be awesome. And we look I'll, forward I'll, to I won't be here next story. week, dude. Yeah. So, I know. Hey, well. we we look forward to the engagement story whenever you do come back. But that is all the time that we have for today. Make sure you tune in next week. Hopefully, Steve and Chuck, where you at? MIA. I'm going to talk to you about the Chiefs. Pace my face over there is on the promos. It's happening. I told you last week you should have been on. I will come find them. I will go find them. Trina, we haven't, man, Trina's been MIA for quite some time, but we know she's holding things down for the Rockets. Rockets together, dude. That's That's why they're playing better. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, that's all the time that we have for today. Make sure you tune in next week. As always, thank you for listening on Clear Lake Today Radio. This has been Wild Card Sports.